Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to Radio Islam International with me, Sister Faiza Munchi, my co-host, Ma'olima Shakira, and Sister Tasneem. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to my co-host first. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. So for those of you who, had, uh, who are listening, we're going to first start with a disclaimer. Is that the subject matter in this is of a mature nature. It is for those of you who are married. Um, and the reason we say this is because the podcast is regarding sexual intimacy in marriage. So please, listener discretion is advised. So to my guests, inshallah, we're going to be talking about two aspects today. We're going to be taking the uh, aspect of women taking the lead within the uh, sexual relationship, within marriage, within the bedroom, etc. So today's conversation is really going to hone in on those two aspects mm-hmm. that we're looking at and we're going to look at you know from the emotional parts to our needs to the islamic perspectives to some of the issues that are happening within society that are impacting us in the bedroom mm-hmm. so really a holistic hopefully a holistic view from a women's perspective from the three of us three different personalities three different anxieties about it three different viewpoints on it and so inshallah being able to try as much as possible to give it a more holistic perspective so to start off i mean we're going to go to um sister to and just look at very briefly the reason that we're looking at this topic. We looked at it in part one, a quick look at why we have to do this and why we've got to talk about this topic. And then we'll go right into sort of the emotional and everything else when it comes to sexual relationships in marriage. I think it's uh, vital that we touch on this topic in today's podcast because uh, we see many marriages breaking down. This is not the only reason why marriages break down, but this is one of the major reasons why we're facing what we're facing in in community today and we hear things in therapy where women say i don't care if i never have sex again i just do it to make him happy or to fulfill my religious obligation and this i hear often from married women especially uh, those who have children or in their late 40s and the women that say this have one thing in common they don't feel emotionally connected to their husbands and when we're speaking about uh, emotional connection we're speaking about how the lack of connection can affect your sex drive. So the lack of con- uh, connection can be a huge factor in a person's desire to have intimacy or to be in an intimate relationship with their, with their spouse. And there can also sometimes be a chicken or egg problem when it comes to sex and connection. Many men say that they feel emotionally connected after int- uh, intimacy, while many women need to feel emotionally connected in order to want to be intimate with their spouse. So this isn't a hard and fast rule. Of course, everyone's different, but I do regularly notice this conundrum among my clients. Mm. So, Disney, what we're saying then is that if you've got these differences in terms of what women are expecting and what men are expecting, and there's no conversation, there's no emotional bond where they can actually, you know, assess and speak about this, you then, like you said, you're just moving around in sort of a cycle of, um, I don't feel appreciated beforehand. The, the man doesn't be, uh, feel appreciated after, and that's just going to eventually break down this. And oftentimes, when we, I mean, when we spoke about, you know, talking about this aspect of intimacy within the marriage, intimacy within the bedroom, etc., we said, is the emotional aspect important? And that was a that was a big question for us about whether we need to discuss this from a woman's perspective. And I think amongst all three of us, the it was a resounding yes. Emotional intimacy comes before the physical act, especially mm. for women. Yeah. SubhanAllah, Allah has created us so differently, but but obviously equal in that way. But when it comes to intimacy, it's so important to understand that women are emotional beings and men are more physical beings. Mm-hmm. So in that way, 
this is what's confusing, the, you know, for men to understand that women need to feel emotionally connected. Like you, uh, you said, Visa, we're just living in parallel universes uh, where women feel unappreciated, they feel overlooked, they feel unseen, they feel unheard. And men as well. I mean, men are also emotional in terms of their needs. So this, I think, is very important and it's very vital that we do Stif- discuss it. I just want to jump in there. Uh, so, Visa, you know, I, I was just thinking about this. When, when we look at the relationship between men and, and women, oftentimes, you know, we look at the needs of men as not being emotional because it's physical and because it's instant, you know, and it's in that moment. Whereas a woman take a lot of more time. But the reality is that that instant moment, Allah has created them like that. that they need they, they need to have to be fulfilled sometimes in a moment, sometimes something haram, you know, one may, uh, pushes them in that direction. But what we have to start understanding is that there are different types of needs for different types of situations. There are needs that sometimes where a man in that moment, he just needs it immediately. Maybe a woman needs a, a foreplay. Maybe she needs some more intimate time. She needs some time to get used to the idea. So when we start putting it into perspective that Allah has made it, that the needs of a man and a woman are catered for in a marriage. But what's happening is we're not understanding each other's needs and we're not saying to ourselves that it won't be the same in every single moment. So I think that, you know, we have to start looking at from that point of view. I think it's important here, like you say, to look at an individual perspective on Mm. needs, wants, Mm. etc. And that also comes through in terms of communication. I mean, we brought it up in in part one, if you've listened, is the importance of understanding what the needs are. When it comes to human nature, Jasneem, and we look at men and women and needs, in in fact, and we're talking now about, obviously, um, the bedroom, the marriage, the relationship, keeping this this you know, passion alive. Um, where do you find that the problems seem to be coming up in terms of the work that you're doing when it comes to this lack of understanding of what's my needs, what's my wants, what's my husband's needs, what's his wants, and where's the disconnect happening? So I think, like you said, communication is key and it might seem like the obvious solution, but when examining research into sexual behavior and sat- sexual satisfaction, the issue of communication crops up time and time again. Whether it's talking about sexual desires, preferences, or problems, those who can talk openly with their spouses report more orgasms and less likely to say that their sex drive is low. So sex is strongly linked to happiness. Being comfortable with one's personal sexual preferences and having a spouse who shares and values these are key ingredients in the recipe for sexual satisfaction. And Mulema Shakir, I mean, in terms of talking about it, mm-hmm. we bring up then culture. Yes, um, so and the, you know, It's so important that you yeah. know we have to highlight this because we come from backgrounds that just, we have to hide away from everything, you know, and we can't discuss these things. But the reality is Islam is not a religion that allows us to be shy. We have to, you know, bring this to the fore. We have to understand that we might have been brought up in a way that, you know, and we were just joking about it, but the reality is we were brought up where we, we don't really date, alhamdulillah. We have, you know, good rela- relationships uh, where we, you know, we only know our husbands after we are married. And that really is a massive culture shock for us, you know, just coming in from nowhere and suddenly you are in this relationship so we have to now understand that we have to build our understanding of having intimacy uh, you know sexual intimacy in a marriage by learning about it but at the same time by understanding that we don't have to be shy about these things after our marriage and newlyweds um, are put in quite a, p- a position and let's talk from the p- uh, perspective of young girls right now mm-hmm. they may be getting married right now they got Oftentimes, you have this situation, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. um, it's a young girl, she gets married, she's never been in this intimate relationship, she's never been alone in a room with a man, and then this, it's almost like you say, it's a shock. Mm. But then they get used to each other, and, and the relationship develops, and it's wonderful. There's a honeymoon phase, and everyone's very happy, both sides are very happy. 
But then there's some, at some point mm-hmm. that seems to end. And I want to bring in the fact that I think in that process, we spoke about needs and wants. Mm-hmm. I think the problem we're having right now is that in that process where you've become comfortable with each other, does it not then become important that you start verbally having a conversation? I think the, the, the inability to use certain words, and we've seen it in this conversation mm-hmm. between the three of us, different personalities, ability to have this conversation over this on sexual intimacy with regard to why it's important, etc. But even between the three of us having this and say, do I use this word? Mm. Don't I use this word? Do I sit with my husband and, you know, use different terms? Do I hide away from the term of sexual intimacy? What do I do? Why is it important for us to be able to develop a vocab almost mm. after we married between us, between couples? So they can actually have a conversation mm. about what they want and need as opposed to saying, okay, you know what? It's just, um, it's an Ibada. We're going to do it and it's going to be, you know, that's done behind and over doors, sort of. behind closed mm. doors and finish. Mm-hmm. But then nobody knows what the other wants. And I think that's where, unfortunately, we're seeing the disconnect. We'll, t- we'll talk about that much later in the program. But the disconnect and the breakdown mm-hmm. um, is coming from that inability to know what the needs and wants. How do we then develop? Because we know we're not going to be intimate before marriage. How, we, how do we then develop that conversation with young girls or who is responsible for that conversation? I think the first thing that we have to look at is moving away from this whole uh, idea that sexual intimacy is only the responsibility of the man and it's only the need of the man. So we are women here and alhamdulillah we can be frank with each other. We as women we have needs. We all have sexual needs. But I think what we tend to do is we brought up with this idea that you just have to make sure that your husband is happy but you don't actually have to enjoy that relationship. Whereas the hadith and the is completely opposite to this you know and this is what we have to try to take back is understanding what are my own needs first and foremost am i able to express those needs am i able to communicate it with my husband so if you look at the hadith and you look at the way nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the sahaba interacted with this it is absolutely fascinating because a man if he wants to have a sexual relationship he'll be very straightforward about it a woman is too shy so what she's going to do she's going to basically give signs and sometimes men don't read those signs you know they don't actually read it at all and then what happens is you go into your corner upset, pulled up because you feel rejected whatever it is and we will discuss that later but when you look at uh, Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu anhu, when he was married, it was so fascinating, right? He was married and his father asked uh, asked his wife, like, you know, how was the, basically was just concerned if the marriage was okay and everything was going well. And she says, you know, Abdullah is an excellent man. She, she says an excellent man. He fasts all the time, a man who has not slept within the bed with his wife and, you know, nor removed the veil from us since we came to him. So she's praising him, but she's damning him in a very nice way, yes. right? So what she's expressing is that she actually feels that her needs are not being fulfilled. That's as a the, neglect. It's as, almost as like, a neglect. As a neglect. Okay, he's a wonderful person mm-hmm. and taking nothing away from that. Yes. But, you know, there's something's missing here. Yes. And because now we are, oh, mashallah, he's doing salah. Mashallah. But we're not understanding that spending time with your wife is ibadah. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. act. And so if you look at uh, in the time of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he would tell them and he would say, after Isha, go home, go be with your spouse. You don't have to be having, you know, going to the, the sexual relationship, but you can spend time, enjoy those moments. And that's the intimate part of it, isn't it? That why are you sitting out there, sitting on WhatsApp, chatting, whereas you can spend time and have fun. Now, when a woman understands her own needs and she can express this, and what, like you were saying, Sister Faisal, is finding those words. Look what Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says. He says, Falatafal, tell him, don't do this. Sum after. Fast and then break your fast. Waqum sleep, you know, stand up in prayer, but have time to sleep. And then he says, without a doubt, 
your wife has a right over you. And this expresses in such a decent, such a lovely yes. way that yes, women do have these needs. And inshallah, later on, I will just touch on Umar of Allah's time when a woman came to him and he, she was actually worried <laughs> that I might commit zina, I might commit adultery. So inshallah, we'll get back into that later on. Now, bringing in the aspect of you mentioned um, this pursuing um, you know, women pursuing perhaps being rejected, etc. I think that's an important part of bringing it into the bedroom conversation in terms of the sexual intimacy conversation within the marriage is because you could have this problem of pursuer distancer um, from, from psychological terms, you know. One may feel that, you know what, so for example, let's look, let's look at it from a female perspective. She may pursue, it's often seen mm-hmm. that the man is always the one who's the initiator. Mm-hmm. And this may not always be true. So he may initiate and may be rejected by women. And for those who are listening, and that happens often, that will create a sense of um, a dampen in his self-esteem mm-hmm. in the same way that as a woman, if she is initiating and she's rejected enough times, it's going to create a damp, a dampen in that, in her self-esteem. How do we deal with these situations? If, you know, as listeners, they're listening, they go, okay, you know, this has happened so many times and I haven't realized that this is what I've done. Um, and now the partner's kind of pulled away mm-hmm. from me. Um, why is this distance a pursuer relationship? Why is it so important to be careful of within the marital relationship? I think this causes a lot of resentment in, in, in couples and this is a very dangerous place for couples to be in. So, you know, just talking about that makes you feel like, where are we going wrong? Mm-hmm. Because we have this beautiful hadith, we have Quran, uh, we come from a tradition that explains this so beautifully but where where are we as Muslims going wrong and I think just doing the research mm-hmm. for this podcast was really eye-opening for all three of us mm-hmm. just looking at the hadith and the Quran and and what our beautiful deen says when it comes to intimacy within the bedroom so we really need to sit and think where are we going wrong as a Muslim as yep. a Muslim nation you know when it comes yeah. to intimacy yeah. and yeah. Well, that's happening a lot mm-hmm. um, what would you say to those couples that are listening right now that you know either or um, has been in a situation, perhaps they married for a long time, perhaps they have a lot of stress, perhaps mm. they have, have a lot of issues with the outside of the, uh, mm. the, the bedroom situation, but that's really, you know, coming forth within the, the marriage, within the relationship. What would you say to the woman? I mean, we could be speaking for two women, four women right mm-hmm. now. What would you say to the woman who feels that she's been rejected too many times? Mm-hmm. She doesn't know where to go from here. Uh, or, you know, she feels she's rejected her husband too many times mm-hmm. and now there's that guilt of it. Let's talk about that because it's really a very big aspect mm-hmm. of women, Muslim women, the guilt, either the guilt in one sense and then on the other side where she's, you know, feeling that her self-esteem is totally mm-hmm. trampled because she's been rejected too many times. So, Stavaza, you know the space. I always speak about the space that between a marriage couple, the bigger the space, the more difficult it is to be intimate. And you'll find that, you know, oftentimes when you go to restaurants, I love observing people and you'll always notice that sometimes there's, there's this physical space when people are walking with each other. So when we, you know, you 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 are, you, you are listening to this and you're probably thinking, I have to fulfill my husband's right, but how do I pass that? How do I jump past that space? And I think the first thing that we have to do is we have to first understand and accept that if I want to get close, I have to start with touch, with basic Basic touch and touch out of the bedroom before it goes into the bedroom. And I think this is something that we undervalue, you know. And subhanAllah, when, when you look at each person, Allah has made them that each person has a different way of wanting their needs to be fulfilled, number one. And number two, you, everyone's love, love languages, which you, I'm sure you're going to speak about a bit later, but it's different, right? But when you start asking yourself as a person, okay, my husband is far away from me and I can do this. I can say he's like this. He hasn't done this. He hasn't fulfilled. Oh, I can turn it around and say, okay, I, I have a Muslim home. I want joy in my home. I want this sort of excitement to be at home. And how do I do this? 
I think the first thing as a woman is, as I was saying, touch. But secondly, start changing the narrative in your mind because the narrative in our mind is very powerful. Like for a woman, you know, reading and that's it's, it's a it's a massive stimulation for a woman, right? They, they, it allows them to want to get closer to the person. But start telling yourself, you know, this is my husband and his positive qualities and all the things that you loved about him or you or you made you want to get married to him in the first place. I think it changes your whole mind frame. Whereas if you think about how we look at it, is oh my husband didn't do this, he didn't do that, he didn't, and you so focused on the, the nitty-gritty of everyday life that the that the actual romance of the bedroom kind of goes away because of what's in our, our minds. We're talking about, I mean, that's like, re, you're talking about Rewarding. rekindling the chemistry, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Start off with basic touch. Mm-hmm. Um, have we lost that? Definitely. I think just when we speak about love languages and understanding all our different love languages, we know there's five different love languages and one of them is touch. Yes. But um, remember... Your greatest sex organ is your brain. So words of affirmation, quality time, uh, uh, spending quality time with your spouse is so important. And that's one of the major causes of disconnect in today's busy lifestyles that we lead. So we know that sex within the confines of marriage is not just a physical act. It's an emotional, spiritual, mental and sensual act that needs to be communicated about more not only between couples, but also within society at a, at, as a large. That's why we're doing programs like this nature. And by acknowledging that, um, you, you know, this is our need, our intimate need, many fall victim to psychological and emotional stress and vulnerabilities that can later manifest into more serious issues. I mean, from a medical perspective, we're speaking about vaginismus, um, a fear around premature ejaculation, misunderstandings about organ or a lack of sexual desire. And these are just some of the, the, the issues that we're facing within our um, couple relationships. So I think it's very important that we talk openly, but also um, with information and with knowledge uh, about these issues uh, with, you know, children of age that are about to get married because they don't know what they're facing when they, when they get married. And a lot of ch- uh, young girls go into marriages afraid of intimacy and thinking it's going to be painful and it's a bloody experience. And, you know, there's a whole lot of misconceptions when it comes to the first night. In fact, if you really uh, do your research properly, you'll understand that uh, uh, intimacy, the first intimate um, experience is not supposed to be a painful experience if done correctly, you know, so. I think there's a lot of space to learn and grow in this field. And we as mothers need to be educated and body confident to be able to pass this information on to our children because we can't sit here and blame our parents for not giving us this mm-hmm. information because they they did the best that they could with the information that they had coming from a cultural context that they did. So we being more informed now and more open about these things within the context that we live, we need to speak to our children and educate them before they learn from the internet and we know what's out there. Um, so that's the, I think that's the issue that we've got to deal with as well with regard to expectation mm-hmm. uh, because of what, you know, what is where our children mm-hmm. are learning this information from. So you bring in a good point, Tisneem, is that the fact that our children, our young girls mm-hmm. are getting married, they don't know what to expect. They're going to the bedroom. Perhaps they're turning then to internet sources because we as mothers have not sat with them. Maybe as a mother, if you feel uncomfortable, there's always the aunt or somebody that's close to them, that's old enough, that's married, that has this, mm-hmm. you know, knowledge that you can trust and you can understand that they will give them the, the mm-hmm. right information with regard to this. But I think, 
Pastor Faisa, just mentioning that, I mean, we all need to just get over ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> This is a, a fact of life. It's yeah. a way of being. In fact, it's ibadat, you yes. know. Yes. And yes. obviously, the space to learn about our body and relationships is very important because um, we we need to understand that this is part of our Islamic tradition, part of our Islamic values. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam obviously did it with love and hikmat, but he did not shy away right. from these issues. Abba uh, Shakira, is, he, she, she's going to quote lots of hadith and Quranic ayats with with reference to this, you know. So why should we as mothers leave this duty to somebody else? So so what you're saying is it's important for us as mothers to first inform ourselves, understand what is happening. Mm-hmm. Okay, our cultural beliefs and what we may have learned may need to change and it may change hopefully, inshallah, through the program. Sure. And our understanding of what we need to tell our daughters, mm-hmm. what to expect, etc. And then, of course, we, we then take away the fact that they're going to learn this from a source that is not great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, you see, when you look at Umar radiallahu's life, and I think this is so fascinating, once he was on patrol, and as he was out on patrol, he hears a girl, you know, she's she's basically saying a poem, and her poem is lamenting the fact that her husband is not around. So Umar radiallahu gets quite shocked, and he doesn't understand what is happening, you know, and he goes to his daughter Hafsa, and mm-hmm. radiallahu to ask her advice. And immediately she puts into perspective that this woman is Oh, four months, her husband has been away and she has those needs, right? So when we're coming back to what we are d- discussing here is that you can understand that because we are focusing on it like my daughter, when you get married one day, your husband will have needs so you have to take care of it, right? So what you've done is you've made your your daughter and yourself, we think that, oh no, there isn't anything that I'm supposed to be enjoying. But I think that for us as Muslim women, we have to understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it an ibadah for a, for man and for woman. Number one, it's our, our sadaqah. But, thir- but thirdly, I think that Allah has made it that in keeping the society, everything goes back to that. You know, the governance of the society, keeping us together. And that is why the, the rules in Surah Al-Nur is so severe. It's simply because the breakdown of a society is more important for us than to, to, to take care of it than it is for anything else. Right. Okay, so we've spoken about the needs of the women. Yeah. We've spoken about the fact that you need to understand that this is something that you need to enjoy. You need mm-hmm. to un- uh, you need to to love. You need to create you know this 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 wonderful relationship mm-hmm. um what happens like like i, I don't want to say it as a question so much as saying that perhaps um the breakdown of society is both ways right so mm-hmm. maybe we're finding ourselves in a position where women are just not interested any longer for mm-hmm. whatever reason mm-hmm. maybe we need to talk about that because that is an important point to, to come to if perhaps the phone's taken over and mm-hmm. let's be honest perhaps it doesn't have to be very um terrible sites that people are on, but mm-hmm. maybe just series and mm-hmm. movies and at the time just taken by everything else or so friends and coffees or, or and not taking, you, you allow to do everything in moderation, but maybe all of these things combined mm-hmm. um, from sitting on, uh, in, you know, watching movies or taking time to watch series and not being able to understand um, that there are needs on both sides and just saying, you know what, mm. I'm not interested any longer. I don't care. I'm tired, etc. That brings on, and I know I'm bringing it to the woman now, is taking the responsibility so much as to what's happening within our relationships. Not all the responsibility, but understanding that we also have a, a part to play there. Um, I think this boils down again to self-awareness. And I think it's so important that we know our bodies and know what our bodies need. And um, going back to 
I'm going to come back to what Sister Faiza said, but just what Abba Shakira was saying about how we, we need to think about how Allah made us and celebrate all the parts of ourselves and how they connect. And many Muslims do not see their sexual health as something that's part of their spirituality mm-hmm. and part of how Allah created them as humans. Um, so like when we're talking about grassroots level, when a child is coming into pre uh adolescent years, they need to start building this understanding of what sexuality is from a spiritual perspective, similar to exploring our soul. We, we do this by asking the right questions, such as, why do we have sexual desire? What is sexual desire? What is the sexual response? Giving young people this kind of um, space to talk about these things, uh, spiritually led sexual education is a way to help Muslims learn to be present in their bodies and, and, and lives as adults. And this is why women are struggling today because of religious guilt and because the idea of modesty but bringing all these concepts also within the bedroom. I think this is important because otherwise we're just shying away from the topics and wasting time on movies and TV when we should be spending time bonding with our spouse and these are one of our greatest pleasures that Allah has given us in this dunya. You know, the the euphoria you feel during orgasm is something similar to what we'll be experiencing in Jannah. So we get a brief taste of what life in Jannah is going to be. No, I was I was just thinking that, you know, a lot of the time what we tend to do is we we, we tend to um subhanAllah sister the Sim said it so so beautifully, you know, that Allah gives us a part of Jannah in this world. But we we tend to think about our sexual intimacy in the you know in in, in our uh, homes in our marriages, and we don't actually take responsibility of the things that might give me that joy, the things that might make me enjoy it more, right? And I think you know what we do is we say um, my husband needs to buy me flowers and he needs to set the mood and he needs to do this and he needs to do that, or and the and the man says the same thing, but we're not looking looking at men today, we look at ourselves. And when we take back a little bit of that responsibility, we say to ourselves, okay, I'm a person who I love feeling good what makes me feel good right so it's instead of you know the disappointment of oh, my husband never notices he's always uh, scrolling through whatsapp and he's on instagram and he's on his all this and it's he's not his focus is not there start making yourself feel good because that you know, literally, it, it permeates the house. You can feel it. You know, really that confidence of a woman who's feeling good. And I just, you know, this, this morning, I was, I was absolutely haggard. You know, I woke up this morning, my eyes look, I looked in the mirror. I was like, that's a bit shocking. And so I put on makeup after, I think, months, you know. And uh, my husband said to me, he said, oh, you look nice. And I told myself, subhanAllah, you know, in my mind, I don't like makeup. So I don't actually to make the effort. But it's little things like that that I felt better. I felt good about myself, you know. So let me ask you a question now, right? Oh, <laughs> Let's turn it around a little bit. I mean... We are chatting, we're having a beautiful conversation, alhamdulillah. But taking back that a little bit, right? Do you think sometimes we need to start asking ourselves, okay, this in the clothing that I'm wearing, in this in the in the intimate clothing that I'm wearing, maybe that's you know too out there for me, maybe that's too conservative for me. How much of responsibility should I be taking back of my body and what is making me feel happy? I think the conversation then comes to the point of uh Tisney mentioned it quite a lot within both these podcasts, mm. is the aspect of self-worth, mm-hmm. understanding who you are, mm-hmm. understanding what your needs are. So if we as women are saying, okay, my husband loves certain things, yeah. but we don't know what we like. Mm. Perhaps he may, um, your husband may be conservative or not so conservative. Mm-hmm. You may be middle road, right? Yes. But and but if you're not feeling good in what you're wearing, mm-hmm. whether it's very, um, you know, like you said, very provocative or it may be a kind of conservative, if mm-hmm. you're not comfortable in those, in what you're wearing, you're going to, you're not going to come Enjoy across, you're not going to come across with passion, you're not going to come across with love, you're not going to come across across with intimacy Mm -hmm. what you are going to come across with is 
with the mindset behind your in your mind is going to be resentment. Yes. Is I have to be something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I love what you mentioned is mm-hmm. the fact that as women, we're just not finding ourselves in the right spaces. Mm-hmm. And I say this because often you've had, um, you know, put me on the hot seat. So, <laughs> yeah, but you've, had, you've had a baby recently. Yes. As women, we have our bodies oh. change. Yeah. Our bodies transform. Mm-hmm. We look at ourselves and, and, and we look at ourselves in a way that is not a positive mm-hmm. way. Maybe that's the place to start mm-hmm. yes. is we want our men to look at us and love us and be in, you know, love how we look, but we hate ourselves. Yes. We dislike ourselves. Mm-hmm. We don't like how we look in whatever we're wearing. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a space where you're not comfortable at that point in time with what you wore when you just got married, mm-hmm. then find something, mm-hmm. find something that makes you feel amazing, mm-hmm. incredible and beautiful for yourself. Like you said, first, mm-hmm. and then it will permeate. And you know, it will permeate in the bedroom. Yeah. It will permeate even within, if we have, you know, we're not saying taking that outside the yeah. bedroom, but what we're saying is that, that healthy relationship with ourselves, our children seat, our mm-hmm. daughter's seat, and that's where we're having a negative, um, you know, th- our children, our girls are taking a very negative view of themselves mm-hmm. into their marriage. Mm-hmm. And they're not enjoying this whole mm-hmm. relationship that they meant to love so much because we've already given them, given them a negative sense mm-hmm. of self. So I think for us, it's really, it starts with us, which you've mentioned quite a lot. Yeah. Of. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, we start off our day, we put on a hijab. So we don't <laughs> think about it. Yes, we don't it's think it's about it. Even if I go in the morning, I always go out to bring a pay or somewhere early in the morning. And I always see these women dressed with their hair. And I think, when did you get the time to do that? You but know, that even it, happens at five, six, seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Right? People are dressed up. And dressed. I think culturally, mm-hmm. we need mm-hmm. to tackle this. Yes. Yeah. And since you've brought it up, let's just tackle this while you say this. Because really, our Samiras and our oh, Samiras, <laughs> putting on a Samira, yeah. putting on a buyer to go out to your shopping, it's it's our culture because mm-hmm. I've seen other cultures and I'm not saying we need to dress like other cultures, mm-hmm. but guess what? You can, you can be in a buyer mm-hmm. with a scarf and you can see exactly when we've showered, when we've combed our hair, when we've put on makeup, even though you've got a hijab mm-hmm. on, you will know that a woman has taken care of herself mm-hmm. that morning to mm-hmm. someone who slipped on in a buyer to mm-hmm. go shopping. And I think this is becoming a really big matter because mm-hmm. if you are newly married, first yes. of all, and you're doing that, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. But even if we're 20, 30 years into mm-hmm. our marriage mm-hmm. and all our husbands are seeing us, Samira's in the morning, about, uh, um, you know, some uh, cooking clothes, some part mm-hmm. of the day mm-hmm. and an unkept woman mm-hmm. at night. It's mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. not going and, to and be you know a good the scary, sight. The scary thing is that my, my husband's friends many years ago, I mean, we just newly married and he obviously being an alim, they came to him and they said to him, they said, we don't know what to do. We married and we are at work and this woman addressed awesomely like they are smelling this like and i remember overhearing this conversation i was like what they are so horrible but the reality is that that they are literally smelling perfume that is training down the office you know and and if you go to malls you go anywhere nowadays it's it's everywhere so when you come home and literally that samira is smelling like rice and onions and you know it's (laughs) (laughs) it's my pet peeve but it's it's something that i think what we have to start taking back is that Mm. you you cannot the whole day be feeling like uh, i'm i'm this person who's doing all of this responsibility I'm so worked up and I've got so much on my plate and then at night expect to have an intimate relationship with your husband. It's not going to happen. So you have to take back the feeling of your body first. You know, that understanding that your body is something that you have to... Perfume is something that mm. you must be feel, you know, and, and when you go out, please, it's haram. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that you should be doing that. But step by the answer to this name, what do you think? Like, of you know? course. Mm. I mean, self-care is so important and loving and taking care of yourself and then sharing this love uh, with each other. This means that each partner needs to do whatever inner work is necessary to come to their partner full of love for their partner rather than coming from emptiness and neediness. Mm. I think this is a very important thing. More than emptiness and neediness. Mm. It's also this, this idea that, you know, um, We've got 
issues from you know kids that have got homework to do mm. and everything else that's going on but are we then taking that i mean and and i think that's also becoming a problem is that we're taking those conversations mm. now into our bedroom mm. into that you know we're, we're expecting spaces. to be intimate mm. but it's an intimate space um and i particularly love you how you you commented on understand what you love mm. if you love you know um soft smells or nice smells a beautiful mm. room candles whatever it is create that ambiance for yourself mm. And over time, it may not happen overnight. And let's have this conversation now because I think it's important. Mm-hmm. People may listen to this podcast and say, I'm going to do this today. And it's going to solve everything. It's, mm-hmm. it's relationships break down over time. Mm-hmm. Intimate relationships break down over time. And then it takes time to then rebuild. Mm-hmm. So rebuilding small steps. You know, we mentioned touch. We mentioned the way we smell, getting rid of the Samira, perhaps, you mm-hmm. know, um, Smelling nice when 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 the husband comes home because let's let's be honest we know when men also go out to work they don't go out in in what they what they mm-hmm. slept in mm-hmm. right so there's women out there as well mm-hmm. so we need to also become conscious of the fact that our men are getting dressed mm-hmm. they you know going out into the workplace you mentioned that there's women out there mm-hmm. who are dressed beautifully etc and they're coming home and they're not seeing they're not getting that same feedback mm-hmm. so let's take that you, you mentioned take back the power create that ambience create that 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 feeling within mm-hmm. the, the the room and oftentimes it doesn't it's just is it becoming like like i mentioned and maybe you can just come in on this point of taking our chores and our responsibilities and our issues into the bedroom mm-hmm. you know closing the door and expecting that you know now there's going to be passion and love and mm-hmm. intimacy but we've in our minds or even from our verbal communication we're taking all of that stuff with us i think there's a time and place for everything and we need to be very clear about the intimate space and leave that for the good times mm-hmm. you know leave that uh not to say that we should put everything under the carpet and not address those difficult no, issues but there's a time and place mm-hmm. for everything and during, that's one of the main intimacy killers. I mean, that's going to kill the mood instantly if you start speaking <laughs> about the budget. But also the aspect of intimacy of being a priority and not a burden. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can maybe comment on that as well. Yeah, and I think, you know, what I want to just jump in is, is that we you, you always hear about date nights, right? And, and when I was newly married, I was like, why would you need a date night? You know, you're always going out with each other. But the reality is that we have to schedule in time to say mm-hmm. that I want to spend time with a person. And you, as a woman, you have to give yourself this boundary. I'm not going to be speaking about my children. Because mm-hmm. that's what happens to us, right? I, I know myself. It's yeah. like I can go in a spiral and I can go, you know, and she was smiling like this today. And my husband's mm-hmm. just looking at me like, I, I love this, but... You know, and unfortunately, that's what happens is because we're not giving ourselves that understanding that, okay, just like your kitchen was your responsibility, your children are your responsibility. This enjoyment, like we talk, we always talk about self-care, but the enjoyment for yourself and for your spouse, the adultness of it is taking time out, cutting out everything else. And I would suggest, you know, for women, if you, most of us are working or, but take time out in the afternoon to mentally distance yourself from the work of the day. You know, distance yourself from the kitchen, from the house. So by the time your husband comes home, it's not just... Mm, we tend to bombard, bombard them with the whole day's events, mm. which I mean, we need to connect in yes. that way. But remember, also, there's a cut off time and th- because we become stuck in that loop mm. of just complaining and complaining. Mm. Your child did this, and mm. all of a sudden, it's their child <laughs> yeah. when they're doing something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> what I find so, very interesting to yeah. is that there's also a lot of research that talks about the fact that this intimate relationship that you have with your spouse mm-hmm. is a stress release. Mm-hmm. It takes away, it's meant to take away from yeah. all of the stuff mm-hmm. that's happening. It's an Ibada, which is wonderful because you're getting a reward for it, mm-hmm. but then it's also relieving stress. So mm-hmm. I think we, 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 we really just treating too much of it as a burden. Um, 
and not looking at the positives, you know, mm. that can come out of the fact that you're actually putting yourself out there, you're having this relationship, you, even if you, some days you may be tired, you may not be in the mood, mm. whatever, but understanding there's such a positive spin from this, mm. from so many perspectives. Mm. And I want to talk about briefly before we finish off also is the impact of community society also and how it's been being impacted by the fact that, mm. you know, we're not having these special relationships, but looking at the fact that these relationships are stress release. Mm-hmm. They so let us, encourage the ladies to be having more intimate relationships mm-hmm. yes. with their husbands but let's tell them about some of the benefits about <laughs> being intimate right there's so much because we're only speaking about what we should do and shouldn't do but let's talk about yeah. what's what's fun what's yes. what's what what are you getting what are you getting out of it mm-hmm. and there's lots of things that you're getting out of it first of all you're lowering your blood pressure uh it's better you're bettering your immune system uh better heart health possibly including lower risk for heart disease, definitely improve self-esteem. Let's talk about anti-aging. What about all that blood that rushes through your body during an orgasm? You're releasing endorphins um, that closely resemble morphine that effectively relieve pain. So that excuse that we use that I have a headache, then maybe you should be having intimate relationships <laughs> with your husband to relieve that so headache. Forget already. about the panado. Think about the endorphins you're going to release in that moment, right? Mm-hmm. Sex also promotes the release of hormones, including testosterone, estrogen, which can keep the body looking young and vital. And guys, who doesn't want anti-aging these mm-hmm. days? We're all looking for, uh, you know, ways to keep this youth glow and uh, looking good. It also promotes health healthy, soft skin and shiny hair. So come on, like what is stopping us? Let's so, so what if a yeah. woman comes to you just new and says, okay, yeah. I understand all of these things, but how much is too much? Uh, when does that <laughs> conversation come into play? Because we put a lot of responsibility yeah. on women today. Yeah. And I think, you know, yeah. before we, our women say, you yeah. know what, you've put all of this responsibility on us. Yes. We're doing what we can. But sometimes yeah. it's really mm-hmm. how much is too much. Yeah, I think that question is, uh, you know. It's very personal. It's, and, it depends yeah. on from person to person. But what Apashakira mentioned earlier in the hadith that moderation is key. You know, sometimes you fast, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you wake up mm-hmm. for Qiyam, Qiyam al-Layl and then you you spend time with your wife. So I think moderation is key and just finding the balance between everything that we do. Uh, I think we've done a, a quite a rounded view today mm-hmm. in terms of the conversation with regard to intimacy within marriage. We tried, we've tried to, you know, look at this aspect of rekindling um, the the relationship between husband and wife, understanding how we need to take care of ourselves. Um, we don't want to end on a negative note, but I do think it's important to bring this in. Is What are some of the things? We've only got a few minutes left, but so we're very brief about it. I want to talk about the aspect of women being compared to other women um, and how this really just takes away from the marriage, mm. takes away from the relationship. Mm. And how do they then deal with this comparison? How do they initiate this conversation that, you know, over time, this comparison has broken me down? Mm. Um, you know, where do where do women then start coming into that space where saying they're either being compared to people at work or on the Internet or wherever it might be? Mm-hmm. Um, how do women then deal with that if they may say that is a hindrance to them in the bedroom? I think I want to come in here because, you know, uh, Sister Faisal, what happens is, is that he, uh, <laughs> recently I was speaking to some woman. I said to them, forgive your husbands. And they said, why? I said, because over the years, sometime or the other, you've found something on their phone that made you really hot sore. You might have found something that, you know, in some uh, way, some little tone or some little message to this, and you felt I'm less than. 
But what happens is because we are such emotional creatures and our intimacy is tied to that emotion, is we have to forgive them before we can actually be close to them. There's no possible way that you can have a relationship. So you first have to understand something, that the confidence that we are trying to build within us, that ourselves as women, this confidence must come through to, to move beyond what society is telling us, what porn addiction says, you know, is, is, is bringing into our relationships, what things on the internet, just as you were saying, just Netflix, just YouTube, all of this, men are seeing these things and then they are comp- you are feel compared to them. So you, we got to go back to two things. One is find your own confidence in the sense that irrespective of what is out there, I am woman. I love saying that, you know, subhanAllah, because Allah has given us our, our strength is that, you know, and there's and a, sorry. Just, and I am a Muslim woman. A Muslim woman, yes. Understand that, you yes. know, that, that, that identity of yours mm-hmm. is incredible. Yes. And it's, and it's, it's something that it has a softness and a strength. And I always argue for this. I said, you don't have to be hard. You don't have to be fighting. You don't have to, you can be soft and you can, you know, and subhanAllah, in that softness, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants us so much of strength. And there's a hadith when Nabi Sussan says, and you know, it's, it's, it's so, for me, it's such a beautiful thing. He says, I've never seen somebody intelligent get swayed by a person who has less intelligence, meaning woman, we can sway men, we can change things. But the problem is the way we're doing that. You know, we, in looking out at, I'm not like that and I'm not like this and I'm, I don't have that body and I don't have that. What do you have? Use what you have, you know, and subhanAllah, be proud of what you have and then take that into the relationship, subhanAllah. Right? And, and you always say this, people, uh, people say men don't really care. They don't really care what you dress like. <laughs> we always joke about this because they don't see that we dress for other women, we say that. But I think turn it around, dress for yourself, find your confidence for yourself. And then when you are finding that, you know, yes, my husband let me down at some point and that's why I can't get close to him. Forgive him because when you forgive him and you say, okay, let's take that and put it into the past because what we like to do is we bring all of that in our minds as we are in, you know, as we are in the the bedroom, we're trying to have a relationship, but you, the years and years and years of disappointment is playing through your mind. So clear the slate, clear the slate, make an intention and make the nears that, yallah, two things. One is I'm going to enjoy this because it's a ni'mah to myself first and foremost. And then I'm going to fulfill the responsibility to my husband because in that, as Sister Tasneem was saying, I'll be young forever, <laughs> inshallah. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> I think we also need to think about the time you really felt sexy. You know, what was going on? What were you thinking about yourself? There's always a thought, even if you weren't aware of it at that time. Uh, like we spoke about wearing something that makes you feel sexy. But fundamentally, it's thinking about yourself as a sexual being. This is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created us. And inshallah, that will also light the fire within and bring that spark back into our relationships. But importantly, you know, there can be other factors that affect sexual desire. And that can be biochemical reasons for having a lower sex drive, which are something to explore with with your doctor. And, you know, that's also another discussion for another day. So menopause is also something that we mm. need to talk we about. We have to, inshallah. There's also, yeah. you know, the forbidden things. And, and, and you know, and when you are in your hayd or when you are in your nifas and things like that, and what's permissible and not permissible. But I think we've, alhamdulillah, jumped in really well today. And we've learned a lot. I think myself also, I've learned a lot. Mm. So, Sister Faisal, I want to ask you, do you feel... I don't know. I love doing this to you. It's because I, because <laughs> you do it to me. I do it to this name. So yeah. think about it, right? We are here discussing this. We were so anxious when we started doing this, right? Why did we do it though? What's the reason? What's the motivating factor behind all of this? You know, I think the motivating factor is understanding that as women, mm-hmm. um, we have a collective, sometimes it's, it's, it's collectively we have an anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
but we don't want to say it out loud. Um, we have a collective issue of, you know, I, I don't feel good enough. Mm-hmm. I don't feel intimate enough. I don't feel passionate enough. I'm not the best wife. I don't, you know, all of these mm-hmm. issues. We may feel that or on the flip, on the other side of it, my husband's not kind enough to me, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. But there's a collective anxiety. Yes. I may feel it to a different degree to Tasneem and to yourself. Yes. And But we all have these things. Mm-hmm. We all have issues about our bodies and how we feel, our intellect. All of it comes yes. into play. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. the reason we did it was because as Muslim women, we need to help each other on this journey. And I think that's really what this conversation mm-hmm. is about. It's not laying blame at anybody's feet, not saying that you, you know, you've not been doing well enough in your marriage, etc. No, it's about understanding that each and every one of us mm-hmm. have got our own strengths, our own weaknesses, our own challenges, our own, you know, reflections that we need mm-hmm. to do um, with regard to our lives and everything that's going on. But collectively, we are Muslim women. Yes. And we need to stand together to understand the issues and to be able to break down the issues. Jazakallah so much for having us today. I, I really enjoyed myself and, I, and I've learned a lot from you. Jazakallah. I, I yeah. can't say that me having you on the show, it's really just, you know, a podcast put together by the three of us, mm-hmm. despite the anxiety, despite mm-hmm. everything that we've mm-hmm. uh, been worried and concerned about. I do hope, inshallah, it's going to be of great benefit Amen. to our Amen. women listening, to the marriages, mm-hmm. um, you know, to just looking after this marriage, mm-hmm. this, 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 the, 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 Protecting marriages through the intimacy, through the bonds, because the intimacy creates different bonds mm-hmm. inside and outside of the bedroom. I hope, inshallah, that we can really start protecting that within the Muslim community. Definitely. And I think just uh, by giving a voice to the voiceless, like Sister Sliza said, I think that's so important um, that we talk about something. I know we were all three put on the spot <laughs> and we, we're always putting this topic off and like, can we come back next week to record? We're not ready yet. But I'm glad, I'm glad we did it. And I, inshallah, it can be the uh, many more to follow discussing so many different topics like menopause and what's the haram and halal about it. And, and uh, you know, so inshallah. We look forward to being back here and may Allah make it a means of afia. To our listeners, uh, to those of you who have listened to the podcast, I'm hoping, inshallah, it's been of great benefit to each and every one of you. Um, And remember us in your blessed duas, inshallah. And inshallah, let's just take these messages. They may not be, not every part of it may be appropriate to everyone that listens, but whatever part, you know, resonates with you, being able to take that, make a difference, um, create a healthier environment for yourself, your families, your children, and just society at large, inshallah. inshallah. Uh, until next time, inshallah, from myself, Sister Faiza Munchi, and my guests, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.